As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This is The Athletic Hockey Show. All right, welcome everybody to another edition of the Friday Athletic Hockey Show. It's Haley Salvian, Sean Gentilly here with you. Uh, Sean, looks like you're in a Mm -hmm. undisclosed location. Do you want? I'm at a uh, C plus (laughs) Fairfield Inn by the Las Vegas Convention Center. You can say that. And my room number is... No. Uh, beep, yeah, beep, beep, um, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> that was me blurring out. Yeah, I didn't actually say anything. And maybe I'm not even at the Fairfield Inn at all. I'm actually at Mandalay Bay. I was at Hakkasan last night partying with Ryan Reynolds's soccer team. Not really. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Uh, so yeah, Sean's in Vegas. He's been deployed to go do some playoff coverage. Um, I get to still sit on my couch you decide which is better. I can I <laughs> can I decide? Like, do sure. I have a vote here? Yeah. Uh, couch. Mm-hmm. My big cozy modular sofa with my cute little dog. I will take that over the Fairfield in in Vegas. Um, but we're into round two now, um, and I think the big thing that we wanted to talk about, Sean, is like with the Bruins out, Tampa out. Avs out. Has this playoff race opened up? Totally. Totally. I mean, those are, let's see. If you were to ask people at the start of all this, I would like, how about this? Percentage wise, I, those have to be three of the top four 
teams who were picked to win the cup, right? Mm-hmm. They got to be. And they're all gone now. This was actually the, this was sort of the, the theme of uh, the power rings this week for me and Dom is right. saying like, here's, you know, every, it was a stretch maybe for a couple, but mm-hmm. you, you can see viable reasons why any of the teams that's still in the race can win the cup. And it's 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 wild. It's wild, but it's true. And a big part of that is because yeah, those those three teams got the boot a little bit earlier than we thought. Yeah, absolutely. Because you look, you know, Avs obviously won the cup last year. Uh, the Bruins they were the best regular season team in NHL's history. And Tampa were the back to back to back Eastern Conference champions. You know, went won two Stanley Cups, went to three Cup Finals. Um, I think the Western Conference looks a lot stronger than we maybe would have thought in the regular season. And Mm -hmm. maybe it's just because we were focusing so much on the wild card race and less on the teams at the top of the conference. Uh, Because, you know, we spent so much time talking about Calgary and Nashville. Like, ooh, who's going to get in? Like, does anybody want to make the playoffs in the West that we almost kind of forgot? Or at least we didn't pay that much attention to you know, the fight for, for the top between Dallas, Edmonton, mm-hmm. Vegas. I mean, the Seattle Kraken, I'm noticing so many people now saying like, I'm going to watch the Kraken more next year because they play fun <laughs> hockey. They're really good. Wow. And it's like, yeah, yeah. They were, they, one very, of the- they weren't very fun last night, but yes. Well, sure. Oh, I, um, no, you totally. But I think the West, like more, more than the Eastern Conference, I think you could, you could, flip a coin, you could pick a name out of a hat and you could probably convince yourself that that team is going to win the Western Conference or the Stanley Cup. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 on the Stars wagon. Yeah, in the West it's hard. or it's, Vegas. It's I'm it's actually having a hard see? time. Yeah, Stars, <laughs> maybe the Oilers, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's that's true and it's true for a couple of reasons. One is that the East Coast bias is real. It exists. It's not malicious but people just don't watch these games. It's mm-hmm. tough for the majority of hockey fans, the majority of hockey media to stay up and watch games that start at 10.30 every night, local time for them. That's the way it goes. Those are, the, those are just the breaks. It's not, there's no, it's not a conspiracy. There's nothing malicious about it. But the, but the end result is the same, which is more attention is paid to Eastern Conference teams and they're generally, you know, treated as uh, they're treated as favorites when the, when the playoffs roll around. That's just that's mm-hmm. just that's just how it goes. And the other thing is these teams at the top. You're talking about the Stars and Vegas and Edmonton specifically at this point. Yeah, those teams now are significantly better than they were in most cases a month or two ago. Like like they're just a month or two or three ago. Like we've had to recalibrate how we think about those teams and how we talk about those teams over the last few months based on improvements that they've made and additions that they've made. And the end result is that, yeah, that conference overall is in a much better spot now than it was, you know, say in February. And part of that's because sure. like Jack Eichel's back, right? And totally. Mark, Mark Stone's cause, cause, back. <laughs> because, because, because Jack Eichel missed... 20 games or, or or whatever. Mark Stone's back. You know, the, the the Dallas is getting you know more production from its from its depth forwards and and the stars are still are still uh are still being stars. Edmonton, deadline ads, big ones, important mm-hmm. ones. So these teams are better, A, 
And that's also just kind of built upon the fact that, yeah, of course, of course, they're paid less attention. It's just it's, it's the way it goes. It's not fair, but it, but it's it's reality. So let's maybe talk a bit about the candidacy for for some of these teams and maybe who we would pick to win the Stanley Cup. And we can start with Dallas. They win last night four to two. Uh, you and I had the we always do the predictions mm-hmm. at the athletic, and then you and I and Shana and Jesse'll go through and, and write a little bit after. And it was funny, and, and I was somewhat surprised by this, but maybe this just shows how deep my new Dallas Stars bandwagon <laughs> blood goes. Uh-huh. I was the only person who picked Rupa Hints to win the Consmite. And at the time he was leading the playoffs and scoring. Yeah. That's and crazy. one of the commenters was like, Rupa Hintz is leading the playoffs and scoring, and only 2.5% of athletic staff picked him to win the Conn Smythe. And I replied to it. I was like, it was me. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> Proud Hiver. Take a lap. Let's That's go. Fine. But you've got Rupa Hintz. Jason Robertson's, by the way, still isn't being as productive in the postseason as we would expect him to be, particularly at five on five. So there's still a level for for Jason Robertson to hit. And I mean, Joe Pavelski's back, the best old guy without a cup. Do you think he can finally get a cup? Joe Pavs. He's going to try to will himself towards it. It's, <laughs> I hate saying that. That's so lame. That was yeah, really I, corny I, I, of I, me. I, I, Danielle, delete that out. He's going to will himself? Is, is, <laughs> yeah, is that what you're saying? He's yeah, going to will himself jo- to the cup. Joe Pavelski will simply choose to win a Stanley Cup after He's after, trying after really hard. He's scoring <laughs> lots of goals. And if you're a San Jose Sharks fan, sorry. He just he just didn't he just didn't try enough back then. Twenty sixteen, just like yeah. what he wasn't feeling it, wasn't into it. He didn't want to will the sharks to a cup, but he will will the stars to a cup. Him and his little roommate Wyatt Johnston, his son Wyatt Johnson. Uh, I um his, his boy, his my nephew. boy. <laughs> Here's my nephew Wyatt. My name my name is Uncle Joe. Okay, talk. Tell me about Joe Pavelski and the stars. <laughs> I what's not what's not to like about them? Like I so I I didn't watch that game. Well, here here here's what I'll say about about last night. Watch the first period of it fairly closely, and then after that, me and Jesse Granger and Daniel Nugent Palman uh, went to dinner. So we were sort of we were we were at a place that had uh that had the game on. It was it was within eye shot, and we're just like you know BSing and talking shop and uh, and catching up. And every time we would like look up at the TV, it was, you know, stars have the puck, stars have the puck, stars have the puck. And I was like, this is not, this is not going to be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let me tell you, the stats, the stats bore that one out. That was a, that was a clinic by them. That might, that was one of the best single game performances I think we've seen by a team, you know, really all playoffs, honestly. They controlled 80% of the expected goals. You know, just it was it was it was an ass kicking, and it was one of those games on the Seattle side where you're like, okay, are they are they starting to run out of gas? Like that was right. the, the, that was the, my it feels like the pivot point for them. But man, the the stars are the stars are awesome. This is exactly what people hoped they would be. You know, they're getting huge huge contributions from Hints and Pavelski and other dudes are stepping up too. It's a blast. We love the stars. We do love the stars. Um, you guys had them first on the power rankings this week. Mm-hmm. 
we can just kind of move down the list. And this was the other game from last night, the Florida Panthers. They are up 2-0 in the series heading back to Florida. Uh, this could be a quick series, folks, but not in the way oh that God. people in Toronto thought it would be. I mean, I don't think the Leafs are going to get swept here. And I do think you this sure one... That? I mean, I, I said... No, because I said I thought <laughs> Toronto was going to win this series. I picked mm-hmm. Toronto in six. Um, but, like, you can't continue to take this team lightly. They it, There were some growing pains with the new Paul Maurice system. Like, we, we look at Calgary and think of, like, Huberto and Uyghur. Oh, they struggled to adjust to a Daryl Sutter system. Well, the entire Florida Panthers team, except for Matthew Kachuk, had to adjust to a Paul Maurice system, which was very different than the freewheeling style they were playing the year before. So there were some growing pains there. And now I think Paul Maurice is like, okay, it's time to time for forgiveness. <laughs> He's on a bit of a victory lap tour too, by the way. Did you see his quote about the tr- about Toronto media, basically? It was perfect. And I also saw I saw a couple people, because of course I'm a hater and I looked at their and I looked at the replies and I looked at the quote tweets. I saw people like with platforms who just like straight up didn't get it. They didn't. Oh yeah, there's like what is he saying they, right they, now? Like, like what's he saying here? He was what because what the direct. I, I, this so it might was, be word for word, but it was like it was like Bennett. Someone yeah. was asked about the Bennett Cousins Kachuk line. Like, is this like one of the best lines? I don't think <laughs> or this something. Is the, He's it like, was like, it's I, not I, the best line ever. I think we're just in Toronto. Yeah. Which and is, everyone's like, what? Huh. <laughs> And as someone who lives in the city of Toronto, who goes to the rink in the city of Toronto, who has been in that press box, I can objectively say that is goddamn hilarious. <laughs> it's true. Like it just, it, to have it in any spot to have the reaction be like, I don't, I don't understand what he's saying here. It's just like it's he's next level. He's shitting on you. It, and, you know, <laughs> that's like. Not you, not you in general, sir, who asked the question. It's just, no, obviously not you. You weren't there. Um, I just, I think it's hilarious because it's not, and it's not even the people who are there in the press box or in the scrums necessarily. It's like the extra, 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 extra media. Like the ticket thing, the ticket sales thing, like CP24 and CTV, like the news stations were doing stories about the fact that the Leafs couldn't buy Leafs fans or Canadians couldn't buy tickets the day that they opened up for the mm-hmm. Panthers. And then literally a day later it opened up for Canadians. It was just so people who live in South Florida or Florida in general could buy tickets before all the Leafs fans booked their vacations and the dynamic pricing boosted them up. So it was, it was just like, shut up. Like not everything <laughs> is about you getting to go and watch the Leafs and have a vacation, like chill out. And everyone's like, well, I'll just buy it on the secondary market. And then two days later, everyone starts complaining about the guy who's a ticket scalper <laughs> who's wearing the jerseys with his daughter. And I was I'm having this moment where I'm like, can everyone just stop complaining about everything? Like if the guy wants to spend thousands of dollars on hockey tickets with his daughter wearing opposing teams jerseys, just who gives a shit? Shut up. Anyways, it's definitely in this. We're definitely in this cycle. Ooh, too. Sorry. Where, I mean, not, <laughs> I'm going to go it. outside. Yeah, you're. <laughs> doing doing my job for me. That's great. I, I don't have to sit here and get mad about the Leafs at seven thirty two local time. That's fine. <laughs> but I but I but I will. This is just one of those. It's one of those things too. I like I to go back to the guy and his, you know, to the father and daughter who 
you know, are trolling. It's funny. <laughs> it's funny, and they're just like, and they're all, but they're also just like random people. Okay, in but the stands. people, and we've now had. No, we've now had, he's we, a ticket scalper, Sean. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. So who isn't? <laughs> no, lots of there are lots of ticket scalpers. <laughs> they're just like this is like a forty-eight hour news schedule with these people. Yeah, like, and then somebody, and then but, there were people being like, there were a couple Panthers fans like in the Leaf Square yesterday. It's just like, why are they there? It's like, oh my god, who this cares? Is what, this is what this is what we're doing. <laughs> we're, ta- we're, we're taking we're taking random people who show up on TV during during Toronto games. I'm gonna dox that guy. <laughs> let's let's write news stories about this guy for. Three days or yeah, it's because nobody wants to write about how Sergei Bobrovsky is like cooking the leaves. <sighs> write about the guy and his Maybe. daughter and how they're assholes for you know not going to hockey. Like, games. Okay, so like so playoff Bob, playoff Bob means two things. Yeah, let's move on. I'm getting upset. Sorry, nah, everybody. Like, I don't care. Whatever. <laughs> My voice went up a bit. I love that. I love. Yeah, I know. I'm. I'm trying to move on. This is this is how you must feel whenever I get f- upset when you about get angry. Leafs fans and Leafs coverage, and it's not. I'm sorry. I'm going to say like I think Leafs fans are great. They're passionate. Have so much fun. I'm not trying <laughs> uh-huh. to dump on fans. It's just the news cycle of the last three days. I feel like every day there's something new that we're like, ah, <laughs> like can we just stop? Anyways. It just it's one of those things where. Panic is starting to set in based on the based on the results, or certainly based on the first game. I know we're too close to game two to really know what the fall is going to be from that. That's just and that's just it's the way it goes. It's it's a it's a feedback cycle that's just never going to stop because extra attention is paid to the Leafs. That extra attention makes people resentful, which creates more attention. Because people just can't yeah. get over, like they can't get over the Leafs hater, and I'm including myself in this too. Because like I, I get annoyed. God knows I get annoyed by the coverage and the coverage of the team and the tenor of the coverage of of that team. And then people like me or whoever else complain about it, like mm-hmm. totally. excessively. <laughs> totally. And then that just and then that just sort of keeps the feedback loop, you know, going. And it's and it's 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 aggravating, right? I mean, we're we're yeah. gonna have like I we're gonna we're I think going I'm just to spend, gonna go on a social media cleanse. Uh, don't, yeah, don't say things you don't mean. You you will not. You certainly will not. We're I'm not going to be online for a while. I this this a this just a lie. <laughs> it's an open lie. I meant tick. I meant Twitter, uh-huh. not TikTok. Uh, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I love my TikToks. <sighs> what were you saying though, Bobrovsky? No, well, but beyond that, like the Leafs outrights for today, and we can move on from this, from it after this. Like, we're going to spend, I, it's already happening. I know it happened into last night, or from like really last night into the morning. I'm like all whacked out because I'm not used to Pacific time. Yeah. I feel like what are you I'm, talking ha- I'm about? half asleep still. But like the, the, Sam, the Sam Lafferty hit versus the Sam Bennett hit, it, 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 Sam Bennett, you know, Whatever body slamming Matthew Nyes, that's it gonna was be Thursday night raw. Mm, it's not when raw is on. But Wrong okay. one. Thursday night SmackDown. SmackDown is closer to Thursday than raw. Yes, <laughs> it used to be on Thursdays. Friday night SmackDown. Friday night SmackDown. That's it. And that's what's gonna happen. That's but that's the that's the gonna be the dominant narrative 
for the next cross check to 36 hours. And like, I just, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I want to talk about playoff Bob. I tweeted about the Matthew Nyes thing and then I deleted it like immediately. Cause yeah. I was like, what am I doing? I don't want to do this. Don't. Just don't. There's no, there's no, there's no point. <laughs> Wait a second. So Sergei Bobrovsky last night, I'm going to read this one so we can kind of move on from me being angry at everybody. Mm-hmm. I apologize. Leafs fans. You're also great. And Leafs media. Everybody's great. Mm-hmm. Um, Toronto scored two goals in its first six shots last night. And then Bobrovsky stopped the next 30. Mm-hmm. He has now won five straight games. Four straight on the road. No. Four yeah. of those were on the road. Four of those four of those were on the road. He is gotten progressively better as well. Yeah. And Paul Maurice did that tricky little thing where it seemed like Alex Lyon was going to start game one. And everyone's wondering, ooh, what's going to happen here? Yeah. And then it was, uh, and then it was Bob. He's playing I, unbelievable right now. But I don't think it's as simple as saying that the Leafs are getting goalied. Because the no, Panthers are... That's a cop-out. <laughs> <laughs> I do think Sergei Bobrovsky... Like, the Leafs aren't getting any bounces because of Sergei Bobrovsky. They hit his, they hit his post, like, six times last night. Bobrovsky is stopping everything. Guys are blocking shots. This is an incredibly physical series, too. There was, like, 83 hits in game one. Uh, each team... There was, like, almost 90 last night. I don't have it right in front of me. I think it was, like, 40... I was probably over 90. I think it was like 47, 43 hits uh, last night. Insanely physical. I mean, Matthew Kachuk and Sam Bennett are throwing like nine hits a mm-hmm. game. Um, the, the, we know that the Panthers' forecheck is is unbelievable. We know that they have this ability to to capitalize on their opponent's mistakes. And the Leafs are are making them and so are the Panthers like their blue line's not great and I know that that's kind of the the big narrative in Toronto is like how can the Leafs you know expose the fact that the Panthers D isn't that good mm-hmm. and they're making mistakes those blue liners are making mistakes but the Leafs aren't capitalizing on those opportunities the Panthers every time Toronto makes a bobble every turnover it's turning into I mean, at least to my eye test, it's turning into a medium to high danger chance or it's in the back of the net. They are very good at, you know, taking a mistake and running away with it. I think Jackie Redmond posted this. She's from NHL Network. She had it from Sport Logic. This was after game one. In round, this was actually after round one, sorry. In round one, the Panthers had nine goals within five seconds of a turnover. That's the most in the playoffs. Uh, in game one, Carter Verhage's goal after yeah. the turnover on the blue line makes it 10. The next closest team has five. The <laughs> Panthers can and will make you pay for your mistakes. It's not just as simple as saying Bobrovsky's playing better than Samsonov. It's not. No, and it, it, it rarely is. You know, the, the goalie thing can be can be a cop-out. And also, it counts. Goalie play counts. Yeah. Like, I know everyone, like, and Dom Dom does, and I, I always I always bust his chops for this. Dom does it. And he's like, oh, they've been the, like, the Panther, the Leafs have been the better team. I'm like, have they? You sure about that? <laughs> because I, I think the goal is on the roster. And if you, I think he's on the team. And and if you if you loop that in and you count those guys equally, like, 
I mean, whatever. It, it's it, it really is. It's funny. It's funny to see. And Bobrovsky's been really good. And I think Bobrovsky. You know, Bobrovsky. <laughs> Back on the job. Back on the force. <laughs> well, I I know that I know that he's got a lot of he's got wins on his resume. He's got the the series win over over Tampa when he was with the Blue Jackets. Obviously, that's that's a huge one. But I don't know if this is like if I'm biased because of his involvement with some Flyers Penguins series back then, but <laughs> for all these years, like maybe until now, playoff Bob to me has been like a pejorative. It's like he, this is this playoff Bob. Playoff Bob is bad. Oh, <laughs> there's been he's been a both because he he has he's he's kind of had a you know a um. There's two versions of of this dude in the postseason, right? And and I've and I've focused, I think, on the on on the crappy games, maybe maybe unfairly over, over the last over the last couple of years, right? Because he's his man, he's been really good. He looks he looks really good. And all it takes in series like this, you know, this is that that game last night. That you don't want to look too far ahead in, in either direction here, right? But that's one of those games where if if we're if it's five days from now or a week from now when we're trying to do we're doing the post mortem on the Leafs, that game is gonna loom large because Last that's night. yeah because that's the one they're up two nothing. They were up two. They blew a lead and then had a goalie steal shit from them, which is well their start in the second period is what torpedoed them. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Absolutely. Yeah, I know what's going. What's, what's I was cooking on dinner, mm-hmm. chopping my onions, and watching the TV. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, what just happened? We were duck top, my head into the fridge, and I pop out, and it's tied. I'm like, whoa! We were top golf. It happened quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just saw this tweet. Also, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is from Julia. They're a Leafs fan. My dad was at the game tonight and was talking with his friend the whole time about how Kachuk and Bennett are rats and they want them to get hit. After the game, they talked to the random Panthers fans that were sitting beside them. Turns out it was Sam Bennett's parents. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But they are rats, and that's a good thing. I mean, we're going to take away the hit to Matthew Nyes because I'm not trying to, like, glorify a 20-year-old potentially having a head injury. But mm-hmm. that line's a problem. It's not just Matthew Kachuk. It's yeah. a problem, although he is problem number one. But the Bennett Kachuk combo with you know it's Nick Cousins that's up there right now. Like they're they're an issue. They are hemming in the Leafs. It doesn't matter who's matched up yep. against them, uh, whether it's the fourth line or it's. I mean, game one, Mitch Marner got announced that he was like a Selkie finalist. Mm-hmm. And then he played terribly. He looked bad. <laughs> he, he looked real bad and not good defensively up against Matthew Kachuk. Um, so, yeah, they've got some things to figure out if Toronto wants to make it out around two. Uh, but you guys had the Florida Panthers as the as the number two ranked team on the power rankings, and I think mm-hmm. that's that's fun and spicy. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. 
Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, let's move back into the West. And let's, instead of just going Vegas, we can go Vegas Edmonton here. Because I think that series, I think I kind of wrote down that it was going to go the distance. And I think game one was like the perfect example of what I expected this series to be, which is Vegas doesn't have Dreisaitl. Vegas mm-hmm. doesn't have Connor McDavid. But they have Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, Jonathan Marcheseau, Ivan Barbashev, Alex Petrangelo. Did I say Jack Eichel yet? <laughs> like, <laughs> like they have a death by a thousand cuts and it's not depth like the Kraken. It's plussed up depth. Like they've yeah. got guys up and down that lineup. And what happens? Leon Dreisaitl scores four. He's unbelievable in game one. Uh, but the Golden Knights score five. And it's from four different guys. Man, that Eichel. The Eichel, Marcheseau, Barbashev line. That, that feels like something. Uh-huh. That, feel, that, that feels like something. The... um. You know, Jesse Granger said this last night in between hitting absolute bombs off the tee at Top yeah, Golf. Yeah, did you Jesse's, lose at Top Golf? Oh yeah, Jesse and DNB beat my ass. Those guys, those guys know what they're doing. Jesse, for anybody anybody doesn't know, Jesse Granger's probably like he's a he's probably like six two or six three. Jesse's tall, mm-hmm. and he was just <laughs> he realized I think like he he was screwing around for a little bit, then I was like, all right. Hit hitting the back the back of the net at, t- at top golf he beat my ass. But you don't get any points for that. Sure you do. Oh, and so he was hitting it consistently. Yeah, I've never seen someone score like two hundred fifty points at top golf before. He, he oh. managed. Um, but in between that, he said, you know, and I I, th- I thought this was a good point that that game almost even even though the Oilers lost, it almost he almost feels better about them about them moving forward. You know because. They did some. They did some stuff that, you know, could could bode could bode well moving forward. Yeah, I, I don't know that that um that series is. I'm crazy. I'm I'm gonna gonna be it gonna be at game two in you know 36 hours or or whatever it is. That one's fun. Um, I always like seeing whenever you have forwards like I this this is a Mike Sullivan thing when you have you have like two. On, on a line, you have two concrete presences, right? And mm-hmm. you kind of rotate guys in and out based on that. And I feel like we're seeing that, you know, I, Bennett and Bennett and Kachuk are a great example because depending on the circumstances, it might be Nick Cousin, it might be Carter Verhage. You know, you kind of rotate someone in there. I feel like that's sort of what potentially what Vegas could have with uh, with Eichel and Marcheseau and then 
mm-hmm. and then Stone and Chandler Stevenson. Like those, that pairing is is what makes the individual lines go. And then based on what you need at a given time or in a given matchup, you can maybe flex someone into it. And that's always right. that's always really fun to watch. Um, but I, I don't. Yeah, these these series are all they're all they're all in a good spot here. I'm I'm excited to watch it to watch the rest of them, to watch the rest of them honestly. Except Who do you maybe, have in that except series? Maybe, except maybe because we're back. we're trying to go at how open this is and how everyone can win. So obviously you're you think the Panthers are going to beat the Leafs? Yeah. I still don't know what's going to happen. I'm confused about that. We're both yeah. on the Stars bandwagon, but when you look at Vegas Edmonton, where do you stand? Because I pick Vegas. Uh, I picked Edmonton because I felt like I should. Th- that was the matchup that I. I don't like going back and changing my series picks based on. The first game vibes. <laughs> it just seems well. It, no, it just generally seems unfair. Like I picked totally. the Oilers. I picked the Oilers to win the West at the start of all this, right? Or did I? Yeah, I don't know. I I always picked. I picked Dallas from the West the whole way through. I either, I either picked Dallas, either picked Dallas or Edmonton. I definitely didn't pick. I didn't pick Vegas. I know that for. I know that for no. certain. So it just felt disingenuous for me to go back and say like, no, actually, never mind. I like. I like sure. Vegas. The, I like the way okay. Vegas is playing. Sure. Predi- predictions are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I hate them. Totally. <laughs> um, okay, the final series, and this is the big question. Are we underestimating the Carolina Hurricanes? I'm not. Okay, but let me let maybe I'll rephrase this. Are we making too much of the injuries to the Carolina Hurricanes? Not you and I, but mm-hmm. like us as a society. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> because and we've done this on the show and we've like almost walked it back at times being like okay we get it Svechnikov's out we've got to stop but because it's true no Pacioretty no Tevo Teravainen no Svechnikov Svechnikov big loss Max Pacioretty not actually a subtraction from their lineup and it needs to like stop being almost phrased that way. He played yeah. three games. Yeah, it sucks. But it's not like that's something that the Canes had that led to their success all year that's now gone. It's certainly, and it's certainly not a loss. Wasn't, it's, yeah, it's certainly not a loss on part with Svechnikov. Like he, he wasn't in a lineup. And Teravainen wasn't as effective this year as he was no, last was season it's almost like when you and dom got into an argument over who should be in the nhl's top 100 <laughs> he should have listened to you what was that did Tim Stutzla over Teravainen? Did, did i lose that argument yeah you did i honestly don't even and that's why tim Stutzla wasn't in the top 100 it was Teravainen instead i've had so weird. many i've had, anyway, I've, he was I've had enough arguments with dom over the last couple of years where i just kind of <laughs> Block them out and move on to the next one. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I. You know. It's. It's. Uh, that's tough. Because we could say the same thing about the Kraken too. We're just you constantly focus on the fact that they, for whatever reason, there's not there's a lack of juice at the top of the lineup, and it is what it is. Like it's just the way it's the way the team's built. Mm-hmm. It's annoying to continue to have that is one of the talking points around this around this team for months and months and months. But that doesn't make it not important. <laughs> sure, of course. But it's interesting. I feel like I would love to be a fly in the wall in the room or hear the way that Rod Brindamore kind of yeah. talks about it because I saw some of his quotes and it was just like, yeah, it's really hard to win without with missing three guys from your lineup. That's an entire line, but mm-hmm. we keep doing it. Like, yeah, totally. And that's it. Like they keep winning. They've won f- five down. 
They're up one nothing on the series. I mean, the Devils, it looked like everything the Canes were doing was like new to, to New Jersey in game one. And and it's too early to say that the Devils are toast because they went yeah. down early to the Rangers and, right. and finished strong. But, you know, this is, you know, you've got Jordan Stahl going up against Jack Hughes. And, and we'll get to this later in the show when we talk about some of the awards. Jordan Stahl should have been a Selkie finalist this year. Wow. It's crazy, I know. Uh, it was Mitch Marner instead. Mm, hater. Uh, hater. I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. I'm not a hater. That game, game. If you're in the playoffs, who do you want matching up against the other team's top top guys? Is it Jordan sure. Stoller or is it Mitch Marner? <laughs> That's what should decide the Selkie. Who do you want? Who do you I, want against Jack Hughes? Mitch Selkie, Marner or Jordan Stahl? The the entire Selkie debate just gives me it gives me heartburn. It gives me like it gives me like agita. Yeah, I'm like I, I don't like this is it's it's really hard. That's the that's the hardest out out of all of them because I think the every, Lady Bing is the hardest. No, it doesn't count. <laughs> Who cares? Because I was like, well, Jack Hughes doesn't have that many penalty minutes, but is he an asshole? I'm not sure. <laughs> he might I don't be. know him. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> uh, I thought game one of that series went about as well as it could for for New Jersey, and I know like New the, Jersey the, or Carolina for, for Carolina. Excuse me the end the end uh, the end numbers are are tilted a little bit because of score effects. I think you look at the way they played in that first period; they did exactly what they wanted to do, mm-hmm. and by the end of the game, they were getting actual production from from people who weren't Sebastian Ajo or Paul yep. Stastny, basically, which is which five different was, goal scores. That's great. Because that's that's like that's what they're gonna need. Great mm-hmm. of a player as Aho is, and like as much as Paul Stastny stepped up, if they want to keep this going, they're gonna need actual production, like pucks in the back of the net from yeah. Seth Jarvis and Yasperi Kokanyemi and yeah. you know whatever. At, at pick pick one pick one of those forwards. They're all very good, but some mm-hmm. of those guys need to start. Some of those guys, other than Aho, needed to start scoring goals, and I think we saw that in Game One. It's a good totally, song. and and that's what worried me a little bit heading into Round Two. Again, when we did the predictions piece, I kind of wrote like I am a tad concerned based on the production from Round One because it was uh, Paul Stasny and Sebastian Aho had seven. Of or it was yeah it was seven of Carolina's sixteen goals in the first round they had sixteen goals ten at five on five and it was mostly carried by you know Paul Stasny stepping up and Sebastian Ajo which you would expect um, and what made me feel better was the only team no team had a worse offense than the Devils in the first mm-hmm. round of the playoffs mm-hmm. they scored the fewest goals the fewest at five on five the fewest per sixty so it was like yeah if you can score two goals per game you're going to be all right if your opponent's only scoring one. And that's the thing with Carolina that we maybe, you know, overlook is even if they're not scoring, they are stingy enough defensively that two goals should be enough. They They don't don't need to beat the Devils 5-1 if the Devils are only scoring once a game. But getting that offense clicking and scoring those goals, obviously that's a good thing. And I also wonder if we need to consider... Is like that five, they score five, and it's like, yeah, we're not we're not shooting on Ilya Sorokin anymore. Mm-hmm. It's Kira Schmidt, and it's Vitek Vanacek now. Um, so we'll see how that that series continues. I will say, I I don't actually, I may have actually picked the Devils, but I 
feel like as we're having this conversation. I, I, I yeah, I did, but what? But whatever. It was just based it's on a, vibes. It's like it's a it's a coin. These these series are coin flips. Yeah. Any anybody who pretends that the, that they know the way this that the way this is going to go <laughs> is lying no. to you. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, like, fine. Oh, Devils. More people need to score than Sebastian Aho, and then five different guys score in game yep. one. I was like, oh shit. Okay, there you go. <laughs> but I do think I think the Canes are are going to be the. I I think at the end of the day. I mean, if we get like a Carolina, Florida, Eastern Conference final, if either of those teams come out, I think that's great. I mean, I think you and I, we had we had Rod Brindamore on the show. We talked about this. We were talking earlier in the year how this is the year for Carolina. And then I think at some point, because the Bruins, because the injuries, the narrative shifted away from mm-hmm. this is the year for the Canes to win the cup. It's mm-hmm. not going to get any easier, no. but maybe, maybe it is still. The only thing that was left in the lineup was Paul Maurice's tooth falling out. Oh God! <laughs> Big glow for Paul Maurice. His tooth tooth's falling out. He He's... celebrated so hard that Love his it. tooth popped out. It looked like the like Charlie pa- Day's dental work Paul- up in there. <laughs> Paul Maurice season. <laughs> yeah. All right. We're gonna head to a break. When we come back, we're gonna actually shift away from some of the playoff talk because I feel like we've been talking about these teams for weeks. It's only round two. The playoffs are very long. I'm not having a good time. Uh, NHL's been announcing their awards finalists. We're going to discuss that and uh, maybe look ahead at what comes next for the Boston Bruins. Goodbye. We'll be back. Well, not goodbye. We'll see you soon. Goodbye. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word, Broomgate. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. Okay, welcome back. I said goodbye, but we're back. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> we're still here. So we wanted to do a little non-playoff talk. You did. Well. You did. You don't actually partake in lining <laughs> up the show, so it's yeah, I, I think that's besides I the point. I say every week, what do you want to talk about today? I don't care. So yeah. I lined up the show. Let her rip. We put in non-playoff talk, so that's we dis- we decided. Do you don't want to do this? I think this is just you as a as an awards voter this year, and no, me as a non awards voter flexing. That's what this is. 
No, because I wasn't gonna. I don't need to talk about my ballots. But <laughs> I, these I are. Love you. This oh, is why, what's you, being, you know what? You actually, you actually kind of can't. No, you're not, it's you're not, not official to. yet. Mm-hmm. I can probably say who I had or who should be. I don't on think. I don't, but it'll, I'm not it'll be like, easy. It'll be easier. For, this is easy for topical to because they are being announced. Yeah, I'm not flexing. Mm. To the eye of the holder, I think. <laughs> yeah. So the NHL has been announcing the awards finalists. Uh, the Norris, the Selkie, the Lady Bing, and the Calder have all been released. Mm-hmm. Let's discuss. Let's start with the Norris Trophy. Eric okay. Carlson, Kale McCarr, Adam Fox. So we're going to go, th- who should win, who was snubbed? Eric Carlson. Should win? Yeah, give it to him. Why? His defensive metrics were terrible. David Quinn kind of, I, I don't want to say that Quinn sold me on it because I was, he was, he would have been my pick, you know, when, when, uh, when, when ballots were due. Um, I think the when you look, he, it, what Quinn said basically was like, he's just so good offensively that any issues he has defensively just don't matter. And mm-hmm. that's true. That's true. And Quinn, Quinn also said, you know, this a lot of that had to do with our team, with what we asked of Eric Carlson, with, you know, the way we were playing around him, especially after after the trade deadline, which it seemed they felt like they really hit hit a wall there. Um, I don't think we need to overthink this one. And I'm all for I'm all for um rewarding guys with more complete games. I, I think that's an I think that's an important thing. But we also need to recognize history as it happens in front of us, and I think mm-hmm. that's what I think that's what we saw from Eric Carlson this year. I know, like this is, and and, it, it, and people are like, well, it, what if he didn't have all those? Oh, he, he did. I like I like whatever yeah, he did. Like, they're there. They're there. Let's he didn't. Not, let's he stop didn't have. That. He didn't have seventy-one points. Yeah. <laughs> so, no, he so, had over a hundred. Yeah. What, what? What was the final number? One second, I was looking at Fox. Fox would would be my would be my second choice, and I, and I have uh-huh. a lot. I have a lot of. It was one hundred and one points. I, I was I was gonna say one hundred and one. Shit, that's why Ooh, I said. That's why but I said. You didn't. I didn't. Well, that's why I said seventy one. Like, oh, if he had thirty less points than he did, like, yeah, well, yeah, he did. Okay, <laughs> if like, if we yeah if 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 he if he were less good than than he was, then maybe he wouldn't win an award. <laughs> Um, but I, I, Adam Fox would be uh second on my ballot and probably fairly close. I have a lot of time for the season he had. Dude totally. does everything. He does everything well. I love, I love Adam Fox as a, as a, as a player. Yeah. McCarr, I mean. It's tricky because he didn't play as much. He didn't but play when enough. he did play his, I don't think he played enough to win. I think mm-hmm. he played enough to get on ballots. I, think that's fair. I don't necessarily think he should have been top three. And that might be controversial for some people who already hate me in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think you look at somebody like Hampus Lindholm. His defensive impacts were Excellent. Miro Haskinen, you know, guys who played more games, like play a very good defensive style. I think the thing that I don't, I don't necessarily think it's wrong that Kale McCarr is a Norris finalist because his impact in the games that he played is greater than, you know, Mm -hmm. most defenders could do. Right. So 
what he does in 60 is comparable is with the field with what in, people, in 82. Yeah. Exactly. Like I it's think fair. Dom had Dom had his like game score that showed um like you know the the overall impact that Kale McCarr had in 60 games. Like this wasn't like put on a pace mm-hmm. for 82 and it wasn't that far behind guys mm-hmm. who played the whole season. Totally. And that's the justification for Kale McCarr <clears throat> being a Norris finalist. A lot of people were talking yesterday online, like he only played 60. Why is he this high? And I know I just said, I don't necessarily think he should have been top three, but that's just because I think there are guys who, who were snubbed that had really strong seasons. And that more just speaks to the fact again, that there, there isn't like a defensive defenseman of the year award Mm -hmm. more than anything. But again, Kale McCarr's impact in 60 games is, is not that far off of, you know, what Adam Fox did in 82. Sure. And and like he he's I mean, he's incredible. Nobody's suggesting that Eric Carlson is a better defender than Kale McCarr right now. Where did you end up landing on the season that Quinn Hughes had? Because a lot of the snub oh. discussion as it related to Kale McCarr kind of centered on centered on Quinn. As a voter, like where did you how did you uh how did so, you do that math for Quinn? So I know I even tweeted about how like people were underestimating the season that Quinn Hughes had. I mean, he had a really good offensive season. I think people who say that Quinn Hughes isn't good defensively don't watch the Vancouver Canucks often. The problem that I had with Quinn when I was deciding the top five defenders of the year is that there were guys who had strong numbers on both sides of the puck that were on better teams that made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And that's not a great way to do things because Carlson's team didn't make the playoffs. The Sharks were very bad this year. Like, you Mm -hmm. know, just because you're on the outside looking in doesn't mean that you're a bad defender. I just think I had some guys, quite frankly, at the end of the day, I can probably share this. It's fine. At the end of the day, I was stuck between Kale McCarr, Dougie Hamilton, and Quinn Hughes for the final two spots on my Norris ballot. And it was like, can I justify not having Kale McCarr on my Norris ballot? Mm-hmm. In favor of Quinn Hughes. Can I justify not having Ducky Hamilton on my Norris ballot in favor of Quinn Hughes? I wanted Quinn Hughes to get that kind of recognition. Mm-hmm. But like Ducky Hamilton was great this year. He had a resurgent year. Kale McCarr, 60 games, wasn't that far off the impact that Adam Fox made in 82. So I think that Quinn Hughes didn't get enough credit probably because when people like to talk about the Vancouver Canucks, they like to talk about the shit show that is the Canucks. Like Elias Patterson flew under the radar. The guy had over point per game season. He looked yeah. incredible this season. But every you know, when we talk about the Canucks, it's about, you know, oh, here's some here's some more drama. Mm-hmm. Um so he did end up on the outside looking in for me, but he wasn't my all star ballot because you get six. Sure. Yeah, so that's fine. I that's ended a, up, he ended decent. up on the outside. The question, you know, the question always turns into if you, if you put Quinn Hughes in your top three, that means someone else is, yeah, uh, is on the outside and some other yeah. fan base is going to be pissed. I mean, yeah, you can't be. do it for the fans, but no, I mean, like, you're it's, right. it, yes. it's, but this is, but this is what we're talking about here. It's like totally. Canucks fans are mad that Quinn Hughes wasn't, wasn't a, because they're the people, understandably, who care about this stuff. They're saying, oh, this is bullshit. Who Quinn, was he Quinn beating? Who was he? he Who's he going like, to beat out? Was he better than Adam Fox better than and Adam Fox? Lundholm and Kale so. McCarr and Miro Haskinen? Like, maybe, maybe some of those guys, but top three? Like, it's tough. There And there's so many voters. It's not really a wrong answer, honestly. And no. There's, and there's, a, there's a lot of people. I think what, at the end of the day with these ballots, like, if you can stand up and defend the choices that you made. Mm-hmm. 
Like there isn't a wrong answer. That's and that's no. this is why every year when the ballots are due, I get emails from Rob Rossi and Emily mm-hmm. Kaplan being like, hey, your ballot's not in yet. I'm like, hey, it's not due until seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm no, taking you- my time with this because like like this should this is I mean, it's it's I'm very proud that I get a vote. But these are all like this this stuff matters. Like I'm not just gonna fly totally. by the seat of my pants and be like, oh, I think this guy should win the Selkie. If you have like you gotta think about this. Yeah, if you have a vote, you gotta (laughs) approach it with intellectual honesty and and consistency and treat it and treat it seriously because reputations are are built off this. And contracts and contracts are built (laughs) off this and bonuses are built off this. It's 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 important. And yeah, and I and it and whatever. I'm glad you I'm glad you treat it that way. I'm not 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 surprised though. All right, so the Norris is the So the Norris is the was the big one. Uh, yeah. I think that's going to be one of the most interesting. The Selkie, the finalists, Patrice Bergeron, Mitch Marner, Nico Heischer. I think Bergeron's going to win it again. Uh, just uh, are, is there even is it possible to bet on this? Like <laughs> yeah. does Vegas does Vegas have odds set? The odds are probably this? not great. I should I, they should they up. should just they should just take it off the board. Honestly, people. It's Bergeron. It's always Bergeron. People were certainly knowing that this is like odds are this is the end for him. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing plays it plays in into the into the thought process too. Like, like yeah. we'll give him we'll we'll give him one for the road. I would be. <laughs> I mean, it's not even <laughs> just in that's physical a, shock if if Patrice Bergeron doesn't win doesn't win it this year. But it's not even just like a, oh he might retire. Just give it no. to him one more time. Like he was the best defensive player in the league this yep. year. It's on top. It's on top. It's on top of being good. Like yeah. the 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 play and the narrative converge and do and do uh, the right space there. So yeah. Can, can we have the the Mitch Marner finalist conversation quickly here? Sure. He was. He had so many moments. He was a good defensive player this year. Like he, mm-hmm. I almost my don't problem ca- I almost is, don't is like care. the guiding I, yeah. question that I have with this again, as I just said, is like when you are in the playoffs or you're in a very important game, who do you want matching up against the other? Who do you want covering McDavid? In game five of the playoffs, game seven, you know, a big must win game in the regular season. Do you want it to be Jordan Stahl, Erickson Eck, or like Mitch Marner? I, I, you know, am I galaxy braining that? No, I don't think so. I think, I, I, and I think what you're doing is, you know, voicing the, the logic that has locked wingers out of the discussion for, for most of the awards existence. I'm not okay, saying it's a bad yeah, thing Yeah, it's a good point. Like the fact, you know, usually that is You centers. can say that, you can say, oh, but like the question is like, is it just that, is that, is that just the reality of the game where you're saying centers have more defensive responsibility? Like that's just the way it is. So they get right of first refusal on this. I don't which even is, think I, it's I, I the I'm defensive not, not responsibility that. that I was talking about though. I think it's like they're, it's the way that they play <laughs> defense. <laughs> like sure. Mitch Marner was gr- like, I mean, that's the thing. Like Mitch Marner, incredible on the penalty kill this year. He plays the most minutes on the Leafs team in all situations. I think Sheldon Keefe can trust Mitch Marner with difficult defensive matchups because, you know, they can get the puck and they can transition from defense to offense quickly. Like, I am not trying to knock down Mitch Marner's all-around play. 
Mm-mm. but like when you just when you look at some of the other guys that were on the list, like the quality of competition, the D zone starts, mm-hmm. things like that, it's not it's not there. Like Kopitar, like Kopitar, <laughs> like it's not a center winger thing. It's like hello, and yeah, I will say kind of, it is kind Mitch, of a center winger thing. Yeah, but it is quali- like like it all it always is, and that's fine. Marner was on my like, Selkie ballot. I'm going to say this too. I'm going to I'll be he was on my ballot. Yeah. I thought Mitch Marner had a good enough year. It was like, you know, these are my finalists. These are the guys I think I should win it. But like, a, like let's throw him a bone. He had a good year and he's a winger. Like, screw it. He, like the fact that he was a winger that posted this kind of these numbers. That's great. I'm going to I'm going to do this. Mitch Marner's on my ballot. But he was not a finalist for the Selkie. Definitely voted for Marion Hosa one year. <laughs> I think I think I, I think I had him in number one. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Because I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. I'm all for recognizing, you know. Outstanding defensive play or outstanding two way play by, by by wingers. I just I'm not sh- sure that this is. I think when you look at all the guys who've who've been who've been frozen out of this discussion, I, I don't know if I don't know if this is the right the right year or not, or I, I don't know if Marner's if Marner's the right guy or not. It's it's yeah. interesting. It's probably just going to end up going to Patrice See, that's I yeah, and I I don't mean to I don't mean so to sound like di- I don't yeah I don't mean to sound dismissive of the debate because like that's why that's why we're here, but like this is, I mean we're t- we're talking about whether Mitch Marner finishes third or fourth or fifth yeah or whatever and I think it was mostly because I thought like Jordan Stahl had yeah like, and that's fair Jordan he's Stahl like one had of the best defensive, unbelievable uh, like the best defensive player on one of the best defensive in this, teams in this in the year NHL. specific <laughs> this year specifically too yeah. he was he was superb so yeah I'm, yeah I'm I'm with you yeah it was more like a it should be this guy not like a why is Marner here conversation but congrats to Mitch Marner mm-hmm. winger finalist for the Selkie Trophy it's great um, Lady Bing. Who cares? I saw somebody. <laughs> we shouldn't vote for that. Like I just said, like, I don't know. I think it might have been. Uh, are you gentlemanly? Uh, I think it might have been. Cor- I think it might have been Corey Mazasak. Somebody said. Yeah, this is one of this is so stu- this is horrible because it's like, I don't remember if somebody just said this to me. I don't remember who said this, and I don't remember if they just said it to me or if they or if they just tweeted it. I'm I'm okay. gonna I think I think it was Corey, but whatever. Okay. Mark Andre Fleury for late for Lady Bing. Why don't goalies get votes for that? I don't know. Cause we all look I don't at know. Pims. It's be, it's because you look at the scoring the scoring leaders and uh vote for the first person. You start at the top, work down, vote yeah. for the first person who has single digit penalty minutes. Yeah. Jack Hughes. <laughs> seven has- penalties, seven pims this year, maybe six. Braden well, Point. I wonder what the guys he plays who he plays against think about the gentlemanly qualities of Jack. Well, that's Jack why Hughes we shouldn't there, be there on voting the on the lady. It's stupid. It's stupid. Ref should. Vote Moving on, on the Calder. Okay, so it was Maddie Beniers, Owen Power, and Stuart Skinner. Those are the finalists. Who should win? Who was snubbed? <sighs> Wyatt Johnson. <laughs> you're just you're pandering to Stars fans now. Okay. I want them to Beniers. like Yeah, it's Beniers. Mean, yeah, of course. I was talking about the snubs. Not I didn't say Wyatt Johnson oh. should win. Who should win? It's Maddie Beniers. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for Logan Thompson too, because he was eligible for it and he just missed he just missed too much time. Um 
he was but good I, at I don't the start know. of the year. Yeah, he was good at the start of the year. He's he's an inter- he's an undrafted player. He's he's an older rookie than you typically see. Like I think it, I was, you know, it, that was tracking to be, you know, a nice little, nice a nice little cookie for him at, at the end of this. But yeah, he, he just I mean be, he missed, wouldn't have missed, won missed anyways. I don't I'm think just, anyone would vote for a goalie in that. That's just like a go- that's like yeah, not saying I, right. that he wasn't good enough, but it's like the goalie thing, right? Totally. That's why I didn't pick Jake Ottinger to win the Conn Smythe when we were doing our picks because like goalies never. I think I think me if if Thompson would would have gotten some more starts, I think you'd have seen him in there over Skinner. Yeah, um, I think Veneers is going to win. Yeah. Um, Owen Power being if I, I you know what I'm pleasantly surprised that Stuart Skinner was a top three. Mm-hmm. Totally deserves it. He saved, he, saved their, <laughs> he saved their season for sure. And Owen Power, lots of, lots to like about the season he had. His offensive impacts are really, really good. Played super tough minutes. Um, you know, played in all situations. They Don Granato asked a lot of Owen Power this season, and mm-hmm. and you know maybe some of the defensive work wasn't you know wasn't great, but he played most of the season as a nineteen year old. So what are you gonna do? He was yep. he was. That dude just looks the part, you know. You watch him totally. play, and you're like, you're, you're like, oh, this, this is, this is a relevant dude for a long time. Absolutely. I mean, there's, I think I saw some people saying, you know, we're gonna hit a point where Owen Power is, like, it's he might not win the Calder this year, but Owen Power is gonna be the best player that ends up. Like the best final product from that draft. I mean, he was a first overall pick. It's not some galaxy brain idea, but I think it's because like Matty Beniers had such a good year and there's all these guys, other guys to talk about. Mm -hmm. But like, make no mistake, Owen Power is going to be the the best, most impactful player from that draft class. Yeah, totally. It's it's just the, he's going up against a guy in Beniers who arrived. I'm not saying that Matty Beniers can't get better. Because he certainly he certainly can. We we know that. You know yeah. that specifically. There's there's a lot yes. of there's there's a lot of uh, a lot of growth possible there. But you could tell me right now that Maddie Beniers was like a finished product, and I'd be like, okay, yeah. like he's like he's like fully formed. He's got he's got the he's yeah. got the the two way game. He's got the defensive responsibility. He's got the production. You know, he's 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 the guy this year. Yeah. But man, power. He's a defenseman. Defensemen take longer to. You know, mature in in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. <laughs> if I'm if I'm the Savers, I'm more than fine with having Owen Power finish second in Calder voting or or whatever ends up happening, <laughs> yeah. knowing what's what certainly seems to be coming down the road for him. For sure. Um, and this just came in to my inbox as we're <gasps> recording the Florida Panthers. And sorry, Florida Panthers forward Sam Bennett has been fined five thousand dollars, the maximum allow- allowable under the CBA for cross checking on Michael Bunting. So that was the cross check to the neck, and then yep. the cross check to the back. Uh, so he was fined five k. So the last uh, awards finalist to be announced is the Heart. Oh, and I guess the Vesna. Yeah. I was just looking at the balance that the we Vesna? get: the Heart, the Vesna, <laughs> GM's vote. Who cares? Yeah, uh, the Heart, the Vesna, GM of the year. Uh, things like that. Mm-hmm. We'll um, see. Very quickly, because we've already been talking. <laughs> very quickly, because we've already been talking for an hour. I wanted to get to the Boston Bruins because I think you and I both picked them to win the Stanley Cup. 
Uh, I picked David Pasternak to win the Conn Smythe Trophy. When you look back to the summer and the the MO, the goal, the plans from up top, it's how can we run this back? How can we make this the last run? And so not only did the Boston Bruins have one of the best, not one of the best regular season uh, in the NHL's history mm-hmm. and losing the first round, like they did it in a year where it was probably their best shot mm-hmm. because now it's going to get a hell of a lot harder. So I just wanted to quickly talk about like this was the year for the Bruins. Sure. They lost in and round that was the one. Narrative, now that what? was the narrative from the jump, right? Yeah. This Not, was the last now, dance type run. Now what? I don't, I mean, <laughs> uh, I, I think, I think you take They're a gap against here. against it. Yeah, 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 totally. Because you have you have first off, you have Pasternak, who's making almost five more million dollars next year than he was in his last deal. Not that he doesn't deserve it, but that's a that's a consideration. You have four and a half million dollars in cap overages from the 2022-23 season that are going to carry over into next year. And that alone, those numbers are alone are enough to make. Assuming that they do have to replace Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci, those numbers alone are enough to make that really, really complicated. Mm-hmm. Like their their Oof. cap friendly page is not. Oh my god, not yeah. pretty. They have six million dollars in cap space projected per cap friendly, and they have two, fourteen three, players four, signed, five, six, seven, eight unrestricted free agents, and two RFA's. Not good. Players you, signed. you look at. And like you, it's not just about. I, of course, like it's about Bergeron and it's about Krejci. It's also about them. Probably, uh, how on earth are they going to sign Tyler Bertuzzi? Right? Like, how, like how how do they keep him? He probably around? price himself out. Totally, totally. But like you go on an Orlov, Dimitri Orlov. Goodbye. Yeah. Like this is yeah. this is the bill has come due, and that's adds like another. That's a knife. That's a knife turn after. Really, obviously, really, really disappointing first round for them. I don't know what they do because you're losing your top two centers. You don't really have money to replace them on in free agency, and you don't even have a free agency class really that offers viable solutions. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to yeah. go throw a bunch of money at, Je- at Jesse. I said Jesse Comfer at JT Comfer, and I mean, you can throw some money at Jesse Comfer see if see, see if she's interested. Um, good. Yeah, well, like when do they do? don't really like, have like top young prospects that they can just insert no. into the lineup and hope that they fix it because they don't make a lot of money either. Or trade? They don't. They don't have draft picks. They don't have prospects to trade for for win now players. And so I have this- kind of go ahead. No, finish what you're saying. No, I, I like so. Who plays center for this team? That's really what it comes down to. Like you're talking Pavel about pa- Zaka. Pa- Pavel Zaka is the, is is there one C? Charlie he Coyle is well there... up the middle when he had to sure. Charlie Coyle as a two C. Like that hasn't they've tried that in the past. It hasn't worked out. Yeah. Like that roster as is. You know, yeah, they have some money to spend. Yeah, they have some work to do. As is, it's gonna be tough for them to. They even, don't have money. E- to even spend. if you have. I'm I'm saying they 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 don't literally not have money to spend like so it's right, like right right I think move, I think move, we need I, it's it, it, I don't like they're in tough man they are in very tough I do think when you can look at it like the bones are very good like you've got Charlie McAvoy Hampus Lindholm David Pasternak Brad Marchand I mean Taylor Hall Charlie Coyle like you've 
Jake DeBrus, Matt Grizzlick, like they're, they're, the bones are there. There are good players left on the Boston Bruins, but it's going to be filling out that roster that's going to be a challenge where you start to think, okay, do you need to subtract somebody significant yeah. to just be able to field a proper roster? $6 million left to sign, what, seven players? They're, so Krejci and Bergeron going to come back for $900,000 this year? They're Take another pay to, cut totally. to run it back again. I had Ty Anderson, um, who's on the Bruins, uh, 98.5, the sports hub in Boston. He was on my radio show. And he brought up two spicy ones. Linus Allmark's no-move clause kicks in in 2023-24. He mm -hmm. makes $5 million. Jeremy Swayman's a restricted free agent this summer. Mm -hmm. Do you trade Allmark while his value is the highest before a no-move kicks in to open up $5 million in cap space and make Jeremy Swayman the guy? Coming I mean, off of business season, do you, like, I mean, what would the Ottawa Senators give up for Linus Allmark? Oh, man. That's spicy, interesting. Spicy. That's, a, that's, an, that's an interesting way to clear space. You have Mike Riley's spicy. buried penalty, which, which they need to deal with. You have some why would they, guys. Why did they sign him to that contract? I, I feel like I everybody's known that Mike Riley's not that good. <laughs> and then you have other you have guys at the <laughs> bottom of the defensive lineup, right? Where it's Derek Forbort making three. Like you're like yes. there's you try to trim from, and find yeah. a way to. Pay yeah, you probably try to trim those things before you move Lena Salmark. <laughs> The yeah, other one was or, Taylor Hall. I mean, I you know he makes six million dollars a year. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Took less money to stay. I, I it's a feel bad for Taylor Hall. <laughs> I know. And this is I hate doing this because I'm just trying to look at like who makes a lot of money and who could the Bruins get something for. But like obviously you, you don't want to trade Hall and all. If you trade, you want to get rid of Mike Riley, and you want to mm -hmm. get rid of yeah. If you trade Taylor Hall, you're if trying you to replace Taylor, Taylor Hall. Hall. You got to replace Taylor Hall. Yeah, totally. So it's like yeah, it's the Derek Forberts, it's the Mike Rileys. But even that doesn't does that open up enough room to give you enough? <laughs> well, to but do? also like you can't you can't just assume that anybody's gonna like who want who them? wants to who wants who wants to play Derek for pay Derek Forbert three million dollars a year? The Bruins did. The Bruins <laughs> a couple years ago. Other, other other than that, I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. Goodbye. I think we talked <laughs> good, like good the, flames, yeah. the flames and the Jets kind of get a lot of the the oxygen right now with like, ooh, big changes, interesting off seasons. Mm -hmm. But I think when you're looking at like the watchability of the off season, the Boston Bruins are are pretty high up there. Okay. In the meantime, and in the meantime, we have actual hockey games to watch tonight. That's right. There's only one hockey game tonight, actually. I know. It's, I keep I keep thinking Kane's I Devils. honestly keep thinking I have to cover a game tonight and I don't. No, you can just go to Top Golf again and start practicing your swing. Don't choke down on the club too much. Okay. And keep your eye on the ball. And don't grip the club too much either. But you gotta keep your wrist locked at the same time. Yeah. I think I think I, I was better better with that last night than I have been in the past. Pull the club straight back. You know what? That's enough. That's enough. I don't give it. I, I don't give. I've, I've humored this long enough. I don't. I don't give a shit. Humored this? Don't be so rude. I don't. Oh, need what, it's I don't. Eight a.m. and now you can be mean to me again. Jeez. I. I want to go lay down for a little bit, but 
before okay. before my day That's starts That's the end back of the up. show, folks. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week for another edition. Uh, again, I think we're going to continue to record on, on Friday mornings just because there's so much going on on, on Thursday nights and Friday after dark doesn't go over well. Sean's very mean <laughs> after <laughs> after 10 p.m. And he's very quiet and, you know, not as mean at 7 a.m. So this works a lot better for for me specifically. Uh, and just a reminder, I'm just kidding. Sean's not mean. Uh, and just a reminder, mm-hmm. if you're not an athletic subscriber, you can join us at theathletic.com slash hockey show to get an annual subscription for $2 a month for just 12 months. So check that out. If you are not a subscriber, you can read some of the stories that we that we talk about on the show and uh, read Sean. Not me. I'm not very good. Uh, thanks, everybody. <laughs> I'll see you next week. Bye.